Hi everybody, welcome back to Honesty. You're here with your girl Boonam, Stacey, Mia, and we've got two special guests today. We've got Ify and Amara. Hi. Hi everybody. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so Ify's uh, Hi, my daughter. Hello. Sorry. Hi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Um, so we're going to start off as usual with our horoscopes. So everyone's got sanctuary up today and we're going to start off with uh, okay, Mia. Okay, okay. So my son is a Gemini. So it says, what after is it the type that falls into your lap unexpectedly or a scripted narrative that could be turned into a film <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's a little bit of both <laughs> um and then it says today venus and mars are having a sexy face-off that pushes you to get creative and communicative in your expressions of romantic love um i get that's literally just me going baby snuggle me and just being whiny at my partner being <laughs> because I'm a needy bitch um (laughs) my rising which is a Virgo is how frequently do you push yourself to overdo your romantic gestures Venus's connection with Mars today is shining a light on your intimate bonds remember that the best love is built on a foundation of simple things don't overcomplicate what you're already satisfied with my power emoji is a book it's a red book. It looks like some sort of manual. I don't really know. And then it says, Mercury is back in Scorpio and the truth is out there, just waiting for you to find it. Are you ready for your next great mystery? Darling, I'm enough of an enig- enigma, okay? There's enough in- mystery behind me. I'm okay. I don't need more. <laughs> I want to be an enigma. An, an enigma. A- enigma. Enigma. <laughs> Definitely an enig- enigma. <laughs> I like Enigma. That sounds cute. <laughs> so I do like I. Enigma. A good old Enigma. Amigo. Oh my God. Yes. Jeez. So is that that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about that, by the way? It's so a little mystery going on there. I just love it. Um, I mean, it's for, <laughs> what type of romance are you after? The types of falls into your lap unexpectedly or a scripted narrative that could be turned into a film. It's both. Love fell into my lap very unexpectedly. And then it's now turned into a scripted narrative that I could probably turn into a movie because I'm that much of a... Um... I'm going to say you are the love interest after all. That is so true. I am the love interest. Oh my know. God, yes. You know, everybody loves me. I mean, how could you not? Upper in uh, the house, and then this whole sexy face off <laughs> with Venus and Mars. Get creative and communicative in your expressions of romantic love. I am pretty straightforward. I'm just more of a come get it kind of girl. Do you know what I mean? I'm not gonna play. I'm not. I'm not coy in the slightest. So, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, thank you very much, Mia. We're going to move on to Ify. Um, would you like to s- open with what is your star sign and then talk us through your horoscope Ooh, so today? I am a Virgo and I haven't read my horoscope in about three years, so I'm equally as excited as you guys today. <laughs> so, I love Virgos. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> it's because we don't read our horoscopes. Um, cool. So I've just got onto the app that you recommended and this is what it says. How frequently do you push yourself to overdo your romantic gestures? Venus's connection with Mars today is shining a light on your intimate bonds. 
remember that the best love is built on a foundation of simple things. Don't overcomplicate what you are already satisfied with. So yeah, I think I'm also following on from that romantic theme Mia was talking about. I've got to be honest, I'm not feeling <laughs> feeling like that, but um, apparently this is what my horoscope says, so it is Bible now, so I must do as it says. <laughs> you must act this way. <laughs> do you have any more? Um, oh, I didn't realise I had more. Sorry, guys. Oh, okay, yeah, no. Keep away. There's loads. Um, there's a restlessness in today's sky that has you searching for a faraway love. Is it time to plan an escape with someone or to someone? Figure out where you need to be in order to come into a higher state of reciprocity in matters of love, even if it is when it even if when it can happen feels far away. And my power emoji is a red balloon, which I'm really excited about. So you're it. You're the clown from it. Is that what it's saying? I think so. I think so. I want to be a Migna too, but I don't think I am. I think I'm a red clown. <laughs> oh my god, it's morphed. I like this. It's like Chinese whispers over here. <laughs> it's, it's, I feel like the, I feel like that's a politically incorrect terminology for that game. <laughs> what game is this? What is going on? Chinese whispers. Oh, it's, that it's now the whisper game. It's uh, because you know it's it's derivative of the whole Chinese women or you know East Asian women speak behind their fans are very docile and whispering one another's ears and shit like that. I did is not that know it? that's where the name I came from. Either. Well, you know, I'm always dropping like nuggets of knowledge on you, bitches. God damn. Okay. So the the whisper game, I understand now. Um, right. Thank you very much, Ippy, for that. It's very romantic up in here. Like, it's a lot of romance going around. It's Venus and Mars, fucking shit up for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in lockdown. How sad is this? Um, Stace, do you want to go next? <laughs> Mine, unfortunately, continues with the same theme. Mm, <laughs> I know. Uh, so I am a Scorpio and it says Venus and Mars are making you hyper aware of how you navigate emotions that sustain your sense of self and act as sexual turn-ons too. Pay attention to what your body is asking for today. It's okay to love a feeling but not know what it's called. Not everything needs a name. And then my rising... Fitting your love into a mold might not feel like the safest option today. Oh, no, might feel like the safest option today, but it might not be helpful. No two loves or lovers look the same. You already know your wifey material. Don't feel obligated to force this thought onto others. Let your actions show them the truth. And my yes! tarot card... <laughs> my tarot wifey card... material. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my tarot card is the lovers, of course. Uh -huh. uh, and it Ooh. says, we are made and remade within our relationships to one another. Will you give yourself permission to lean into love and connection? Are you ready for my official meaning of lovers? It's life-changing choice, turning point, union with another, two as one. Mm. That was <laughs> too easy. I'm sorry. That tarot card reading. I bet everyone got that. Come on. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Wait, does anyone else here have an iPhone? No. No. Okay, just me. Yep, just me. Great. <laughs> you crusty bitch. <laughs> Why am I the crusty one? You chose Apple. Okay. We didn't choose Apple. So. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Um, Amira, can you please tell us your star sign and your reading? So, yeah, so I'm a Leo. 
and mine says Ooh. why 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 is <laughs> <laughs> never mind just carry on girl it always gets the reaction away all right so it's not as bad as the reaction i get let's just I put mean, that out there Scorpio, so i expected that <laughs> You know what? No, we found out last week that I'm a little bit Scorpio. So you know what? I stand with the Scorpios now. They're loyal as fuck. Finally. It took you long enough. Can we say, though, like, your horoscope says is actually so spicy. Like, it's so expected from a Scorpio. <laughs> it's expected. Basically it basically told you to, like, lean into your... It did, it did tell you to lean into your kinks. That's basically what it said. Yeah. So, to be yeah. fair, mine is going to be kind of similar to that. Yeah, true. Mine's going to be a little bit similar to that. Spoiler alert. Okay. But, okay. I'll go into mine. So it says, Mars and Venus aren't messing around today. As they illuminate verbal areas of your sky, they infuse your voice with desire and eroticism. Write your love, or the loves you hope to have one day, a letter today. Uh, champion love languages that revolve around words and pillar talk. So I've been in the office all day with people that are like, I have zero love interest in, so that's just like not happened, but that's fine. So my rising sign is an Aries. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Again, is it because it's two fire signs? <laughs> Ooh. I, I mean, it is interesting, but I, I, I like an Aries. I fuck with an Aries. What's your? Do you know what your um your moon is? Yeah, it's Libra. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god! I love the reaction. Um, I'll read about my rising. So today, Venus's tension with intense Mars is getting you in touch with what you desire in a partner or partners romantically. Be wary of your own wandering eyes today. Make sure your mind has a say in what you're looking for in someone else. Turn-ons can be more than physical. And then my power emoji is a red triangle. So I have no idea what any of that means. It's just not really happening. There's definitely a theme today across the board. Yeah. It's, it's, it's because of Mars and Venus yeah. out here fucking around. It's just red emojis for everyone. Um, how did you feel yeah. about that horoscope reading? Um, A little bit depressing, not going to lie. Mm. Um, I think it, I probably would have interpreted it completely differently if I'm in a relationship, but that's not the situation. But that's okay. We can just tune into tomorrow's. <laughs> Keep going. See how it goes. Might be different. You never know. Wow. <laughs> Wishful thinking. She's so admirable in her perspective. I love it. I, I'm just in awe. Um, I'm really glad that... It's the Leo in me, Puna. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> also, the whole, like, love and sex thing is about, like, it's the whole... Um, Mars is Aries in Greek mythology and Venus is Aphrodite and they were lovers. Um, also siblings, ew. Um, so, like, it's probably that whole, like, Venus... Um, and Aries, like Aries was like the god of war and etc. And probably that passion, that love, and you know, Aphrodite's beauty, etc. It's probably why it's amplifying everything and that sort of um, realm. Mm. Spicy up in this bitch. I did have like a really sort of heated discussion with the nurse. So that's like oh. the closest <laughs> I've gotten to like passion today, not gonna lie. <laughs> Did it turn you on a bit though? Was it like, oh, absolutely not? I just wanted to like slam the phone down, but I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe if it was a different nurse, uh, not different nurse. Oh my god, no, yeah, <laughs> hey, that, that means that you have a nurse in mind. What was that? <laughs> nurse? Who that nurse? I meant to say like another person, but because I was speaking about nurse already, okay, I did that out that. now. <laughs> okay okay sure sure thing we'll let that out uh, <laughs> okay so uh, i am an aries and i my rising is a cancer 
And mine is pretty much the same as everyone else's, very romantically led. Today, Venus's tension with intense Mars is getting you in touch with what you desire in a partner or partners romantically. Be wary of your own wandering eyes today. Make sure your mind has the same what you're looking for in someone else. Turn on. Wow, my reading. Turn ons can be more than just physical. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, read my rising sign. I think my turn on is like being able to speak English. I think that might be it. <laughs> Fitting... <laughs> Fitting your love into a mold might feel like the safest option today, but it might not be helpful. No two loves or lovers look the same. I oh love my. this grammar school education and what it did for our ability to read. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I went to. A... This is like literally. This is literally bringing back memories to like English class where you're told to read in front of the class and you just forget English and how to speak and read. I don't think I did that. That's oh my god! I went to a school. I went to a school in the ghetto, and I'm making up words. So you know what? It's probably better than mine right now. <laughs> a mig, a migna. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I have to read like I'm reading music, so I have to read slightly. Anyway, fucking let's keep going. Uh, you already know your wifey material. Don't feel obligated to force this thought onto others. Let your actions show them the truth. This is all so sad because we're in lockdown. Like, there's no interaction with other people. I had a Zoom call with my colleagues. Maybe that's the. Maybe I should be showing them that I'm wifey material and not saying it. I don't, I don't know. And my paramuji is blank because <laughs> I deserve it. Uh, so <laughs> what? It's like a. It's just nothing there. It's nothing not there. Anyone. There's nothing there. It's just like a. It's a message square with nothing inside it. I don't know. Like. Oh, uh, you're either gonna get ghosted or you're ghosting someone. Oh or you're trying God. to send them your kinks and they're just like bah. <laughs> I. God, okay. Let's just <laughs> let's just keep it slapping. Right, that's not a word. Keep it stepping. I don't, slapping. I... Who are you slapping? Is that's... it the nurse? Mm, it's none of your business, guys. <laughs> I just, uh... Maybe that's Stacey's kick. Maybe everything's rolling into what. Okay, like, let's carry on. Um, so Ify and Amira, um, we obviously know you guys from school. That is why we have been able to bring you on here. We have known you a fair fair few years Stacey in particular and um we are so glad that you are able to join us join us bitch. join us oh it's uh, last week all over again is it okay just because <laughs> I said you guys were my guest but co-founder okay <laughs> I still get to Amara and Ify okay come on um we're gonna start off this with a well firstly how is everyone is everyone okay I'm so sick yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Good. good sorry, yeah. sorry, Mia, for your sickness. She's still got that it's cough. Okay. If anyone hears it, just send her a love heart or something. I don't know. She needs this. Oh yeah. What emoji should they send us this time? <laughs> yeah. Last time it was feet. Um, uh, after that, it was the cowboy hat. Um, oh my god. What should we send them? Uh, how about a whale? I like some sea animals. What do you feel, oh, Mia? Yeah, I, I was going to say jellyfish, but they don't have a jellyfish Ooh. emoji. Ooh. Did they not? That's shocking. No. Send me a cow emoji. Any of the cows. I'll be happy with a cow. Okay. You heard that here first, guys. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, firstly, can everyone state your name and if you would like the industry that you work in and how long you have been working for, please? Starting with Mia. Um, I am a marketing manager. I work in 
recruitment specializing in the energy sector um i have been in post for i can't do maths but since june and it's now november <laughs> june 20 wait june 2019 right yeah a year and a bit yeah okay. no june no this june wait june 2020 oh my yeah. god your new new role okay carry on yeah this is my new new role same company for over a year but i've done a couple of different roles because i am a jill of all trades honey i can do it all um so i'm just trying to see who i've got amira you next so i'm amira i work i'm on a graduate scheme with the nhs so i currently work as a service manager in a hospital um i feel like i'm supposed to say some disclaimer where you go all views on my own not the nhs <laughs> um but i've been there for i think it's been about over a year now so i started september last year so yeah yeah in two months that's me um, yeah iffy so i'm iffy i am 24 and um i've just been within an internal audit position for about um, a year and a half or thereabouts um i started at a large company and have very recently made the move to a smaller company but i'm pretty much continuing with my job role and i really do enjoy it at the moment Ooh. we love to see it and you had we had your age as well how exciting i know i wanted to throw in something to make myself feel more special i don't know you are <laughs> I, thought I wanted people to know my age but yeah i'm also 24 <laughs> i'm just putting it out there i don't know if any you have any attractive listeners you know just letting them know casually oh, i mean i'm basically yeah. a dating profile now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all our listeners are attractive so you're gonna have a really wide pool at the moment like I and just, single as be... well i only have true criteria single and attractive i like what are your preferences what is my what sorry are, are you straight are you are you not straight what's going on there tell um, the listeners what what you're after um I'd say straight, but you know, I could be swayed. Maybe Amira's nurse might do it for me. I don't know. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'll get you a number. <laughs> yep. Yep. I get you. I get you. Um, Stace, what do you do? So I work in recruitment. I am a recruiter, unfortunately. Um, not unfortunately, it's just, you know, everyone usually sighs when I say that. So I just prepare myself in advance for that. Um, and I've been doing it for almost three years. Damn, three? Oh, almost. In January, three it'll be three years. years. Jesus. Me and Stacey work at the same company. Hey, Stacey. Besties forever. Um, that is, is amazing. <laughs> that's insane. I can't believe that's been almost three years. I thought it was longer, but also. That's gone really quickly as well, so I don't know what's going on. That's crazy. Uh, I am Bonham. I do. I work in advertising. I work in the tech side, and I've been sort of like the activation of it. And I work in an agency, not in house. And I've been doing it for bloody oh my god, a year and a half now. Where are we? Eleventh, seven plus <laughs> over a year and a half now so yeah again the grammar school education <laughs> that maths ability oh i was like trying to work out if it's been like it's, oh, oh my god did i say seven as well i was trying to work out half a year <laughs> fucking hell okay <laughs> six <laughs> okay well i'm so glad we got that section done um 
okay so what i was gonna ask is what you guys are doing now uh it's really varied actually did you guys plan on being in the roles you're in now and or did it just happen in a really random way like did you envisage you doing this anyone can go i i had not planned this at all so I, for reference, did environmental science at university, which in itself was quite a random choice. It was just, I was just struggling to think of something I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and then I left university early after two years um, when my dad first got ill. And then I landed a full-time job, like as soon as I moved back in telesales, because I'd done sales part-time at university and hated it. Um, stuck it out for five months and was like, well, what can I do? I don't have a degree. Um, all I've got is sales experience, but what I'm doing, I hate. So I looked at what was the next kind of natural step from doing the kind of job I was in, but adding adding it so it wasn't quite as monotonous and it was more challenging. So recruitment just became what made sense to do next. Mm. And then I fell into what I do now. The rest is history. Oh, my God um that's really cool actually I, I forget how much sales stuff you did at uni like you were just like the electronics salesperson like tv I, I was miss sony that was mm. my nickname miss sony miss sony stacy harris uh anyone else was this planned was this random so mine was pretty random as well actually so i for reference did history and politics at uni which i don't tell anyone at work because they'll be like what are you doing in the hospital um <laughs> so yeah so i think originally the plan for me that i wanted was to do law well i didn't realize that you have to pay nine grand if you do a conversion course which oh. i didn't have so i was kind of like desperately trying to find like a job for a year thinking okay i'll just do it for a year get a bit of money and then carry on with law um I didn't really have much luck but when the graduate scheme sort of came past i ended up applying for the one um for the nhs and i ended up being successful luckily so i got a job um and then i realized that i actually really like it um it's really fun and it's completely different to law where you're not having the same level of guilt or that that sense of competition but then you still get to do something in terms of like um making a difference from a social perspective but you're doing it through health rather than the legal sector so it's different from what i planned i sort of almost sort of accidentally fell into it but um i think it's something that i probably stay in for a very very long time i'd say oh that's so good i love to hear that i'm really I gonna uh, say oh such a typical asian going for no law. <laughs> oh my god no 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 not at all because i don't know i just hear a lot of people that hate well i hear myself and i'm not in a job that i particularly like love 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 but I did mm. also fall into it. I love that you fell into it and you were like, this is actually really works for me. And yeah, yeah definitely. Working with the yeah. NHS girl, you were the front line. Just... All the applause to Amira. I'm not clinical though. I'm not clinical. I'm not actually on like the wall. Never sort of take that same level of credit. But I will have to say that I've been very, very lucky to like keep my job throughout because it's, you kind of like got, kind of like got guaranteed employment yeah. but I think like the general impression of the NHS just completely changed like when I first started people were like oh the NHS okay cool but now it's like oh my god the NHS I feel like it's just completely different yeah. so what do you do day-to-day yeah, -day? um what sorts of things are your responsibilities 
Uh, yeah, so when you're a service manager, you do everything from a sort of um, like operational management point of view. So you work with the clinical teams just to make the services more efficient and to develop them so that you're improving patient care. Um, when you're non-clinical, you can do anything from sort of um, governance to finance and managing budgets. There's a lot of focus on like HR and improving like the workforce in general. So it's a very varied role. And I think that's why I like it. Because I get, I, I, I'm really bad at keeping like my interest in one specific thing. I've got to have like loads of different things to sort of keep me interested in it. So that's what I really like about it. But that's kind of like where I come in um, within the hospital. Sounds so interesting. Um... I'd recommend everyone, everyone apply to it. If you're bored of your job, apply to the NHS graduate team. <laughs> yeah. Great. Just going to slip that promo are in Are you there. getting paid? Like, for real? Are you going to keep paying it? <laughs> no, but yeah, I should, should be. be. You are selling it, to be honest. Paid commission. Uh, Ify, Mia, what about you guys? Random Um, Yeah, I'll jump in then. Um, So with my career, it was, I think, semi-planned. I studied politics and international relations at uni, and that Mm. to date remains my first love and only love. Um, So I I really do keep up to date with it. And in terms of what I spend my spare time on, um, sort of my voluntary work, working with local pressure groups or getting involved with... um, NGOs I still am very much involved with those sorts of projects um I think halfway through my halfway through my degree rather um I realized that whilst I really do enjoy politics it's not something I necessarily would want to do for money um it's something I'd rather do as a passion um and it was weird I was on this um random internship at the EU I think in my second year of university and um, I came across this really really successful um, just under 30s um, BME girl as well Um, and she was doing some voluntary work for the same NGO I was Um, so it was an EU NGO and it looked at promoting um, Kashmir rights during the conflict between Pakistan and India so it was really interesting um, conference I was with and this particular girl she was so successful um, she was on a six-figure salary before 30, living this massive American dream life um, as a consultant in New York. And whilst I was there, she she kind of gave me the advice. She was like, you can definitely continue to do your, um, you know, pursue your political interests. But mm-hmm. good advice that she found was that actually you can also establish yourself a very successful career, um, become somewhat influential in local circles and actually using that influence you can bring a lot more change so she got in a very different route and you know by the time I left university I was very much of the mindset yes I'm going to continue with my political interests but also I want to pursue a career that would give me you know really good experience on how to run a business how to organize um, events do small scale stuff and that's kind of how I fell into the audit and accounting side of things um but I really do enjoy my job right now as well wow that is damn awesome movements we live for it I'm so excited yeah I I mean I'm nowhere near a six-figure salary guys honestly as a trainee it is so underpaid (laughs) you are on your way you are on your way to that six-figure salary Uh, exactly aspiration for me at the same time it's just something I do because there's so much to learn in terms of skills um but yeah it it is interesting I would already vote you as prime minister let (laughs) me put that out there you sound so motivated like that was just oh that made me motivated that was just, <laughs> so you don't hear that a lot I don't know all I hear is the same old like blur like 
not and not any of this like i'm really into what i'm doing and this is why and uh, i love to see it this just makes me really miss our politics lessons like i know we're like however many years past what five (laughs) years since we last had a politics lesson (laughs) so me me iffy and amira did politics together at a levels and they were just the most fun it was i I miss those (laughs) i really miss it but look at where we've all got look at the different routes we've all taken i know we're all really different (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Mara. I feel like we're also very connected with our politics. I think everyone who had those classes with, you know, Mr. Cox, Mr. Boylan, are still very much involved with the political side. Um, that's kind that's of true. as well. Yeah. I like it. Full circle. Um, Mia, how did you get into marketing? So I um, I started off my career and life in hospitality, um, and I was quite successful. Um, and then when I was like 18, I think, I can't even remember how old I was. I um, must have been 19, actually. I was roped into sales because I was very good with people. And I got made redundant because they no longer needed me to work the role that I was in. I was like, okay, fine, fuck it. And uh, I'll be honest, I needed a job. And I was like, let me just apply for this job at this place, um, who was a direct competitor of um, web. Poonam works at the moment um lol and then I fell into advertising and I absolutely loved it and I was there for three and a half years and or three years I can't remember I was there for a while I hated (laughs) it it was a hell um there was certain aspects of that job I absolutely loved and when I left there I left because of a a transphobic manager but like It was very bizarre because I have somehow ended up, I started off as a recruitment consultant working like on a different team, but with Stacey. And then it was afterwards, I was like, I don't want to do this. And they're like, oh, we like you. Why don't you do this job instead? And I was business support. And then when this whole pandemic came around, they were like, you're really good at all this marketing shit. Why don't you become our internal marketeer? And, you know, we'll build you up, et cetera. And um, it's been amazing. I absolutely love my job. I'm a very, I'm a very creative person, and I normally hate people who say that, but it's very true. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy what I do every day, and you know, it's, it's fucking awesome. Mm. And I also like the fact that you know, I have my own department. I have figures. I have stats. I have reporting to do. I have to justify everything that I want to do, etc. And I love that. And I work really closely with one of my directors, and it's a dream. You know, it's um, we're both very collaborative in what we do, and it's it's nice to have a say in how things are done for the business. Do you know what I mean? Rather mm-hmm. than just being like a a worker bee, it feels like I'm like assistant to the queen bee in like running the hive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, it's nice to have that sense of like, I'm making a difference in the company. Yeah. You must get a lot of ownership as well of like your role and Oh yeah, like but that. if things go wrong, it's like, what the fuck have you done? I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no, I have to own it now. Uh... I'm like, Shit. <laughs> so, have you had Not a project recently that you've taken ownership of, or something that you've really, you know, been excited to be involved with? Well, everything. When I came on, we didn't really have. There was not much going on in regards to brand presence, etc. So I've been 
setting up brand guidelines, building the brand, um, currently in the process of making and creating our US division's website. And then once that's up and running, how to do the SEO, et cetera, content writing. I have so many different projects that I'm constantly trying to like work on and spin at the same time. Um, to the extent that I'm like, I'm gonna need a marketing exec. Um, so they're looking at getting yeah. me someone because, you know, there's a lot going on and they can see the importance. I totted up how much since June, to now how much marketing has made and it's like 38,000 pounds wow so far so i'm like it evidently works you know what i do has value live for it yeah bloody hell folks we got a we got a group of successful people around here i like it the energy we're all so young you? What about you, Pinam? What about me? Oh, well, um, I did a biochemistry degree and I did a lot of other things in uni that pointed me more towards marketing. And I was like, maybe I want to go into social media marketing when I graduate. Anyway, I didn't think about graduation until I graduated. And then I had to get my ACL repaired. So I was like, oh, I, wanna, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and then I sort of like, I don't know how I did this. I just kind of bounced my way into an internship and it was in like food and marketing, food and drinks uh, marketing, like mainly social media based. And it was like a month of just doing loads of like different, like, like content writing and scheduling and like kind of baseline stuff. And I was like, I don't really want to do this specifically, but I know that I want to go, I want to go to London and I want to work in a bit of a bigger, more dynamic business. Um, didn't really know what that looked like I didn't know what agencies were and I didn't know what adops was which is my job at the moment um but I was like maybe I want it to be more technical so I spent bloody one two three months in like heavy like going through recruitment um agencies <laughs> shout out recruitment agencies you guys are best um thanks and I was like zipping back and forth to London and I fell into this role, which was um, AdOps ad activation, works a lot with like specialist teams that do like um, like paid social media, um, bloody, what do we call it? What do we call it? Programmatic. Programmatic. How did you know, girl? How did you I know? love programmatic. How did you know what I was thinking of there? Okay. Um, <laughs> all that stuff because i know so. those two things work really closely <laughs> together like right <laughs> um so i do that i've been doing that since and i actually you know what i talk a lot of shit about work but i think a lot of my feelings towards work have been heavily heavily influenced by the like pandemic situation we've been in because i just really loved working in that office i adored the lifestyle um the work was really dynamic there were a lot of projects so a lot of client meetings um there was a lot of new stuff coming through and that's kind of just all slowed down so at the moment I don't have the same energy that you guys have for your jobs but yeah there was a time when I really loved what I did um but your office is hella beautiful Isn't let me just put that out there Girl. it's bougie as fuck <laughs> it's nice it's nice and we're there like they still have this office but no one's in there it's just such a waste it's such a waste uh -huh. um Can you describe it for people that have <laughs> <laughs> how do we describe it uh it's it like has a grand entrance hall okay <laughs> it does it has um just imagine like the bougiest london office building for like a cool tech company that's oh, what i would yeah. do that's how i'd I describe like it. Kind of sorry 
<laughs> so I want to work in that environment too. <laughs> oh, you can, Amara. Just tell the NHS to look more like a startup company and then that'll do that, you know? <laughs> Manage the mental. We're talking like 100 of years, century old buildings. <laughs> you got to make it happen, girl. <laughs> low funding budget cut you know privatization we love to see it oh, oh my god yeah maybe me can work on rebranding the nhs perfect mm. I'm like, there we go. first thing i will do is disassociate the rainbow and be like it's for the gays please stop <laughs> i found it so weird when people started using the rainbow because for me rainbow clearly means lgbtq plus community right so i saw it it's like why would you attach it to the nhs for me, it's always like, you know, royal blue is us, so just stick with the blue. But I guess it's just like happiness, maybe. <laughs> Does it know. mean joy? Like, is it funding? Maybe, know, is maybe it's a controversial thing to say. I don't know. But I just, I always thought like it was just a way of taking a symbol from someone else and sticking it on and thought maybe we could have used something else. But You're I don't know. That's wrong. Just me. I don't think you're wrong, Damara. Hey, what else should they have used? That's the question. Just... <laughs> well, I don't know a stethoscope um... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I don't know I mean like some I mean they have their own logo of a happy face I don't know kids drawings <laughs> everywhere yeah like one of those Maybe. shitty kids drawings that are stuck everywhere just use one of those yeah <laughs> oh, maybe we could just maybe we could just i don't know maybe this is too radical but we could just use the nhs logo maybe i don't know That's what i said <laughs> you have your own brand recognition if someone sees the nhs logo without the nhs in it you're gonna say that's the nhs logo you wouldn't think oh what is that it has great brand presence and recognition why not just fucking use it like girl what's wrong with you who decided yeah. it you know what? It's fine. We rebuke it because the only pride flag that I see has the br- has the black and the brown on top. Yes. Otherwise, it's not for me. So, bah. What is is that yeah. like? Um, is there a name for that flag? Is it just the latest, the most? I just call it the new one. The I'm new like, one. it's the right one. It's the correct one. The other ones from like the 50s when everyone was racist. I mean, still racist. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only one worth uh, noting. Okay, well. That was, yeah, thank you for that insight, guys. Um, there's a big range. I'm writing notes and bloody hell, we've we've done well so far. We're all very young as well, which is what I want to note. Like, no one here is done with their journey, which is incredible because we've come so far already, which is brilliant. So, To be fair, if you spoke to me like a year and a half ago, I'd be telling like a completely different story because I... <laughs> I I feel like I've sort of fallen into job stability whereas before it was like you know volunteering for two charities and then working in a tea shop but then caring for parents and stuff it's like completely different mm. so I feel like you probably wouldn't have included me in this podcast if you were doing it year uh, shush we would have included you regardless <laughs> of what shout out to the tea shop Amira I remember yeah. I remember the good old days did you I actually love the last time I saw Izzy was when I was working in that tea shop it is a gorgeous tea shop though yeah. Oh, was it nice? Ooh, yeah. It's just T2. Like, I love a good T2. Yes. Oh, T2. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. I do like T2. It's cute. I live right next to one. You do the live right next to one. Yeah, that's the one she worked in. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is fake. <laughs> I actually kind of miss it. Like, I was going to say, Mario, the prices are a little bit gentrified. I'm not going to lie, but I do like Trust. the tea. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I... Well, I don't know if we can say this when you've already said the brand name, but yeah, I'd never buy anything there myself unless it's on sale <laughs> <laughs> you don't work there anymore you don't work there anymore <laughs> ever business 
I love it. I love it. Um, but it, it's the kind of stuff where you sell it to like really rich older people, and I think older um, white people. Yeah, Why yeah. Let me kind of buy stuff off you. White people, and you know what? I think I think our biggest sort of uh, customer group was um, middle-aged white guys that looked really lost and didn't know what to buy their mum for their birthday. So TT was perfect mm. for that because you get teas and tea sets, and they've got many. I have a question. Did you? Did you have a favourite um, tea? Yeah, so they have one called Melbourne Breakfast, which is like a black tea. And mm. I feel like I should be picking like a really, I don't know, like spicy white tea. Well, white tea's not really spicy, but something like that. But they have this really nice one called Melbourne Breakfast, which is a really popular one. It's like black tea with hints of vanilla. And I'm like a real sucker for vanilla. So I'd recommend that one. Ooh, that I sounds very warm. Mm. That sounds the nice warm tone yeah. in there. I love that. Yeah. Sounds good. It's okay, nice. I have another question. I actually for you guys. prefer the tea at Wittard. <laughs> oh my god, I love Wittard. <laughs> I have so much Wittard tea. I love Wittard oh so god. much. Their English rose tea, or whatever the fuck it's called, is so nice. And the caravan tea is delicious. But I'm a bit more, I'm bougier now. I go to Fortnum and Mason for my teas. Wow, Mia. Oh, wow. Wow, you move into an like, apartment. I move into a bougie and apartment in Central Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> the social tea ladder i wonder what's at the top what's at the bottom oh. ug tip do no, no. Get into this? at the bottom is typhoon want... because nobody should drink get... that shit who <laughs> <laughs> drinks typhoon old biddy agreed oh. agreed okay okay right um did you guys have you guys experienced this do you guys experience this imposter syndrome 100% hugely yeah yeah definitely mm-hmm. did, did any of you guys experience it when you were like applying for where you are now because this is something that bugs me a lot like um I talked to guys who were like who just apply to whatever the flip they want to do and we talk about it a lot in like society that men just apply for what they're not qualified for and women tend to do this thing where they're like just greatly overqualified and they don't apply for anything um i mean did you guys ever have to like convince yourself to go onto the things that you're doing now like and just be like just do it i would say mostly getting into recruitment because some of the interviews were very like aggressive so it wasn't necessarily the applying Mm -hmm. it was more just sticking with the process because recruitment is very mentally draining i'd say so they really like push you to to commit to things in the Mm -hmm. interview they really like they try and test your your resilience by how how well you're able to respond to like quick fire catch you out questions and there was a couple of times a couple of companies i interviewed Mm -hmm. with where i was like is this really what i want to do am i am i good enough to do this yeah some some very memorable interview processes Mm -hmm. Also, with imposter syndrome, do you guys experience it now? I'm just wondering like, how you deal with it, because I'm sure everyone's come across it in 100%. their day-to-day working. I literally right? would like, I'll call, but I'm, I'm, I've gotten better at it. I normally would just hide away, and then my director would be like, bitch, what are you doing? What's going on here? Your performance has dropped. And I'm like, <laughs> but um, now I'm, I'm really good at just turning around <laughs> to my director and like just giving him a call or a text and be like, you know what, I just, I'm feeling not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, why would you have the job if you were not good enough? I'm like, 
valid point valid point mm. it's like why are you still in the job if I thought you weren't good enough I'm like also a great point great point um, <laughs> and I'm just like okay <laughs> I can't oh. argue with that let me carry on bitch um yeah I'm quite lucky that I have a very yeah. I have a really good support network at work that I know I can talk really openly about one of those is is, is Stacey I know I can lean on her especially in a work sort of scenario and whether that I mean we've mentioned it before but me and Stacey actually butt heads sometimes at work because it's quite funny like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like me I don't see the point in this I just don't see the point why are you telling us to do this <laughs> I'm just like, who do you think you are? How dare you talk to your fucking marketing manager like that? I would bust your ass. Um, but yeah, no. A day in the life. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's interesting working with one of your like really close friends because we have such a good work-life balance because like I can be like, oh, I need to talk to you and, and it will be immediately turn off work mode and it's like your friend is there. Otherwise, I'm like, why haven't you sent me your stats yet? What is going on here? <laughs> is that a dig at me because I didn't send them? They are indeed. They are indeed. Okay. Wow. I gave you a deadline of like at two o'clock and you just job, ignored girl. it. Okay. I, <laughs> several days. I had a lot to do. I was not here. See, this is what happens. We we switch into work mode like that. <laughs> She's just slacking, you know, fire you know like, me a no, fire. But then I'll be lonely at Go work. On. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, true. I, mean, I, have life, I have my work life. I have my work life, and then I've got a safety, so I need them both. I need, I need my side piece too. Um, no, but um, whenever Is I do, all I am. Yes, yes. Um, whenever I do get in costume, I'm very lucky that I have a very supportive company. Um, but it's real, you know. Sometimes you'll see, like sometimes I'm not like like you know, um, productive enough or something, or you know, I'm having a shit day, or you know, whatever, and I'm just like just not doing things right and it's just like oh mm. eh. girl honestly i am exactly the same i actually have oh i hate imposter syndrome because it makes me feel like i don't deserve things yes. that i have worked for or i am not worthy of getting paid what i am owed or you know such and such or I look at other people and I'm like oh they work harder they do more like they deserve the most I'll just sit back like I'll just settle with what I've got and it's so like girl Mm -hmm. can you listen to yourself like it's so gross to listen to (laughs) and I'm just there like I know what I'm doing but I can't stop it because I'm just I'm just humble as fuck and I hate it. I hate you know it. I want to like I, brag. I hate so, yeah, you. That's on that. my main issue. I um, I was like, I need a pay rise. I just don't, I'm not earning enough, and I do so much. Blah blah blah. But I got too scared to mention it because I was like, but you know what? I've only been in post in my new post for so long. Like you know, I, I haven't got enough to prove that I deserve it. Blah blah blah. Even though I know I fucking deserve it, and then my directors turn around and say, "Here, here's a pay rise. You you really deserve this." And I'm like, "Fuck! I knew I did." Do you know what I mean? So I get that. I really do. Like, it has become yeah. our worst fucking nightmare when it comes to certain things. One thing I've become more open to as well is discussing salaries, especially with colleagues around the same age, around the same experience as me, because I think you should be really honest about what you're earning um, and just compare it to what everyone else is earning just to see that you're not being underpaid. Yes. Like, I know typically British people tend to be quite conservative and shy about talking about it, but I honestly see no shame. I think it should be talked about more. 100%. Really? Because 
That is so interesting. I'm with you on that. Very, very interesting. Do any of you I guys... used to do that. Yeah. Company. Right. I'm not going to air their name, but anybody who knows me knows who the fuck I worked for. They were shady <laughs> as fuck. You know, there were people coming in who were less experienced than, you know, the team that were already there and they were getting paid way more. I was doing a job in marketing and I was on 14K. It, I was in wow. advertising, sorry. And I was in advertising on 14K. And then it finally went up to like 18. And I was essentially helping lead the team because the manager was incompetent as fuck. And then even then they didn't put it up. And then they're like, what the fuck is this? But I was talking to everyone at the time and we were all discussing mm-hmm. our salaries and there were major discrepancies. And the people who had favor with the right people were on thousands more. So I think discussing salaries is really important but i'm in i'm in a job where money is at the core of basically everything you do like it's so hard to avoid like when you're working in recruitment it's not just your salary you're literally talking about people's salaries all day long mm-hmm. and all of your targets are monetary and you're constantly being reminded of like when we've had meetings before like our monthly business meetings um, which are like one-to-ones basically they'll literally make you work out how much you're worth an hour in terms of the value and like what activities you you're doing how much they should land in your pocket so we're just constantly talking about money all the time and we talk about our commission quite openly mm-hmm. with one another because it's supposed to be an incentive. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say we're quite open about it. We're used to talking about it. Maybe mm-hmm. not as much on the salary front, but definitely on the commission side of things. Yeah, basic I don't think is discussed. But I think in the company in general, like everyone starts off at a similar point And there's milestones that if you achieve X, you get a given X amount additional to your salary. Yeah. So typically, yeah. if you see someone with a certain title you know you know that person's probably on x um, salary at basic and then you know you can figure out how much if they're billing x amount because we have a leaderboard we're like oh so they'll get that much percentage of commission they're on that much a year you know who has that much yeah, time to fucking do that money but... all the time money 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 yeah even my marketing incentives that i have for the team i'm like oh, guys if you do it, i'll give you a 50 pound amazon voucher <laughs> <laughs> Ify, how was it when you guys um, discussed salaries? Like, how did you even, how is it even to bring that up? I don't even, um, I can't even so imagine with, doing that. I think with Amira and me, I think we both start off on grad scheme. So everyone else is similar age. They start off on a similar place. Um, so I didn't really feel awkward bringing it, mm. bringing it up. But even now, after it's been a year and a half, I'm very okay with talking about salary. I sometimes think other people might not be, but... I think it shouldn't be a taboo topic. So I'll be very open. I'm like, yes, I'm I'm, I'm currently on twenty three thousand. What you know? How and in the year I'm expected to go but up by X amount. You've been here for X amount of years. How are you finding it? Has it been quite an even jump? So I'm really happy to talk about it. Um, and also, I think it's quite healthy as well. I feel like we attach so much of our self worth to how much we're earning, um, and we see it almost as a very private thing. Um, but it really shouldn't be. It's just how much you're being paid for a job and making sure that you're not being underpaid, understanding the market, seeing if you can compromise, if there is a bit of discrepancy or leeway. Um, and I think it only benefits the employer, actually, if employees don't discuss amongst themselves what they're earning. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, for sure. 
I really struggle with that idea because I am fine with finding out that someone earns more than me, but I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or make anyone feel like uncomfortable if I earn more than them on the off chance that that happens. And that's just like a psychological thing. This comes with the imposter syndrome of like not feeling like I would deserve it. So I actually would love to work on on a methods on how to bring up salary in like a healthy way because I agree with you like why should we like the, yeah the the boss benefits from everyone being scared about talking to that if your manager's saying like don't tell anyone about what you earn then you've really got a question like mm-hmm. what's the reasoning behind that I'm gonna take notes after this on how I should I actually bring say, it up when you I get into a situation really cool. where someone is on less than you and they probably should be on the same as you you know I've been in that instance before and I'm like well let's have a conversation let me let's sit down and you know let's compare what we do in a day and then we can make a case or you know you can you can have the conversation with the manager like you know I know how much I like you know I found out you know this person earns x amount you know, why am I not being paid the same? We do the exact same things, blah, 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 blah. And you can sort of iron out the discrepancies. And I've helped, um, you know, colleagues do that before in the past. And it's a matter of like, don't be scared, know your worth, know that you're worth X amount. But at the same time, that person does the same job and they're probably up Mm -hmm. to the same function. And, you know, you can help them out in that way. Mm -hmm. And statistically speaking, as like women of colour, people of colour, we are more likely to be underpaid than overpaid anyway. So... Preach. really is healthy yeah this is really really useful guys like so useful, yeah, it's really useful for me as well because <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a conversation about salary i think similar to iffy when you start off in a graduate scheme it's kind of like okay this, everyone's getting paid the same kind of situation um and i think for me i was always on minimum wage so it was like okay if you're going to pay me more than minimum wage i'll take it it's fine by me no worries um but i think as, as, as the years progress i probably should be more conscious about the salary and, and making sure that you're getting paid for the effort that you're putting in really um because I completely agree with Ify like normally when you're you know woman and as, as well as being like a person of color you tend to work harder because that's kind of like the culture you've sort of been brought up in I am generalizing but that tends to be the sort of general vibe that I see in the office mm-hmm. we sort of um put a lot of effort in working yet we are do end up being underpaid and we don't get the same level of recognition which is huge mm-hmm. so I think it's definitely something that I've got to be more conscious about and you know pick up a tactic of how am I going to approach this with future employers it's quite interesting because in the NHS we don't actually you don't really talk about salary you kind of talk about banding instead um yeah so stuff like band six band seven band eight and that kind of shows how a senior you are you've got like a different one for doctors and Mm -hmm. different one for nurses different for managers and I heavily Mm -hmm. feel that imposter syndrome because I've come into a role at a band seven level normally you don't normally right. you start off like band two band three band four so with this graduate yeah. scheme you're kind of like stuck like up the ladder um and that's not usually the sort of advantage that i have so it's very different um from the opportunities i've had in the past but mm-hmm. and i think it, it can definitely create like a bad vibe in the office because you've got people in similar positions that have been working probably for like 20 30 years to to climb their way up into that position so you sort of come in as like a privileged kid like okay we're doing the same job but you definitely don't have the same level of experience and then you're earning a similar amount of money which might potentially be like a bit of a slap in the face for them but then you feel as a trainee that you've got to prove yourself three or four times your worth just to say okay yeah i know that i probably am not receiving the salary that i should be 
like based on experience but I can definitely bring something you know to this office and I still have that same level of drive and motivation but I do think it's a bit of an awkward conversation it is an awkward conversation definitely but it's one that I think definitely should be had you know I think yeah it's it's you realize a lot I was basically told that I didn't so there was an instance where someone came into my company and was on 22k and I was on 18 300 or something and I was doing shit tons more and I was training Mm -hmm. this bitch I was training (laughs) this individual and I turned around and said what the fuck is this and they told me it's because you don't have a degree and I was like Mm, I was like she has a degree in history how is history gonna help her in fucking advertising Hey, you yeah. get a lot of transferable skills from yeah. history. <laughs> yeah, so many I love history. I scored very highly in like every single uh, human no, history subject. I love it. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. If I'm training her so she can be the best mm-hmm. at her job, surely yeah. I should be the one getting paid most. That like, it's logically doesn't make sense. 100%. And there's little things like that. And I'm just like, that hmm. And it was like, how do you even know her salary? I'm like, first of all, she left her fucking contract out on the table <laughs> and she needed help scanning it in. So I was like, well, it's your own fault. <laughs> wow and she's oh wow okay wow uh wow wow <laughs> okay that was very very interesting to hear i'm actually gonna move on because uh i am very aware we have so much to cover um so i want to move into representation so do you guys i'm talking about um sexuality age gender ethnicity religion all of that jazz do you guys feel represented in your workplaces? Like, have you ever felt represented? It's a tricky one for me. Or, I think reflecting yeah, on, like, like, I guess if we go with, like, protected characteristics where it's, like, you know, you're, you're Asian, working class, um, female and stuff. I think I see it in people with more junior jobs. There's definitely, like, a lot of people that I can relate to there. I think what's sad is that with this graduate scheme, you're trained to aim for those senior roles and I think I don't really see it in senior roles at all we talk a lot about Mm -hmm. becoming like board members or CEOs and it's so weird hearing that because I'm like okay show me one um non-clinical female like BME uh working class woman who became Mm -hmm. a board member in this hospital or who became a CEO and it's so hard to Mm -hmm. name and I think that kind of sucks and then you always get people saying well you can be it and I'm like yeah true but Mm -hmm. it's nice to have maybe a role model (laughs) I just don't want mm-hmm. to make it oh, a bit so like just some, someone that makes it seem more realistic rather than dream I guess um yeah it's more common to yeah. see people like me I think in junior positions rather than senior mm-hmm. ones I'd say I mean uh, it's really I hard to in be the what company... you can't see like that is the number one I love that it's really hard to be what you can't see oh my god <laughs> I'm gonna like repeat that. <laughs> Sorry, am I coming in really delayed? I feel like I feel like I said that like five minutes ago, and then everything went silent. So yeah, I'm glad you liked that. Um, yeah, I might I might go into that industry. Oh my god, like, Hallmark cards, speaking, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I went in a motivational speaking, and you went local cards. Uh, okay, you, I said I Hallmark. I didn't say fucking. <laughs> Card factory. <laughs> Card factory. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. But you can't. That's the truth. Um. Where? Did, what did I do that recently? That was like 
a hundred percent that i think it was mentoring where it was like oh my god so i'm part of the dni initiative at my work and um a lot of it a lot of people talk about mentoring in that sense that you know to mentor to bring people from so-called like bme backgrounds uh into the workplace and bring them up and people oh my god so god how do i explain this so you know when um we had that huge wave of protests in the summer in uh, america and here um after the george floyd um murder we had a lot of conversations in work because suddenly everyone was like oh my god we've got to do something like right now because it's not like racism existed before that point now it suddenly exists for some reason um so they were like oh we gotta like uh think about why you know who do we see in the higher positions and stuff like that and you look around and you're like at the bottom line executives there's a lot of diversity there's a lot of women there's a lot of um people from ethnic backgrounds there's a lot of working class people like coming through um it's really great on the bottom line as soon as you get to like junior management management senior management directors it becomes so homogenous very quite quite you know bland very you know just you're seeing the same people and it's because and then people are like oh we've got to train up the bme people to like get into the manager positions then we can see them there and it's like well why are you guys pushing them out like uh so basically the point i'm trying to make is that representation is kind of good in my company but they really make an effort to make it like so toxic in the sense of you don't even know you're feeling um left out or like in erased in a sense until they turn around and they're like are we like are we discriminatory and then you're like yeah but I don't really understand how to put my finger on it like it feels like you are and I feel erased but when you turn around, they turned around and they were like, oh God, I don't want to call them out on air. But they did turn around and they were like, well, can you explain what exactly is going on? And how can you like put a finger on feeling like you can't be there or it's not a space for you? Because, you know, it's never been a space for someone like you. Is, oh god it was very interesting very horrible few months of just like do you ever feel like um when they have that sort of open conversation about um opportunities and discrimination that almost the ownership comes on you as a sort of um yeah. minority that you're the problem <laughs> that you need to I be fixed that, that you need to be developed <laughs> and you need to be mm-hmm. the one that changes to fit our mold so it's kind of like yeah we're giving you the opportunity but you're gonna have to be the one putting in all the effort do you ever feel that way as well oh my god because <laughs> yeah. that's how i feel <laughs> like why is there no investigation like, why is there nothing happening like we're telling you there's an issue we're not really quite sure what it is but why are you not, not doing an internal <laughs> an internal audit one might say <laughs> and like looking at what the fuck's going on in your ting and being like okay this is the ish do you know what the problem okay. is well, sorry you can't from my perspective the problem is that we we can talk about racism as being sort of explicit like okay this person's done this and said this and it's like really real and I feel it whereas there's like this sort of term where it's like unconscious bias where Mm -hmm. it's almost Mm -hmm. as if white people don't know they're doing it 
or sorry, um, privileged people don't aren't aware of their privileges and aren't aware that they're doing it. It doesn't just have to be race. Um, and it's difficult because they they're saying, you know, it's how I've been brought up and I'm happy to change it. But, you know, it was never intentional. But then you think about it, it's like well, that makes it so much harder to prove my case because mm -hmm. you, you did know and you are aware of it. Mm -hmm. But it's just comfortable for you to not change. I don't know if I explained that well at oh, all, but... Goodness. It's difficult when people stick on that label of unconscious bias because it's like you can't really call them out for it because they're saying, well, it's not really my fault, but it's you're in a position where it's like, but it is your fault and I need you to help me out here. The second yeah. you can say it's unconscious bias, <laughs> it immediately becomes conscious bias if you continue mm. to do it. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think... I'm going to throw in like a slight... Yeah, go on. Oh, sorry, carry no, on. No, no, go on, Stacey. You go for it. I was just going to say, I'm going to throw in a bit of a different perspective in the company I work in. So it's it's really interesting because we recruit for an industry that is typically very widely known for being led by older white males. That's just, mm -hmm. you know, that's the, that's the rule of thumb with the energy and utility sector. That's just um, what you see. Apart from water companies, like, or credit to water suppliers, they have a lot of female leaders. I've got, I'm, I'm going to say they're doing a lot better than energy is. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, like my day to day, because I'm mostly speaking with senior candidates, there's a demographic. Mm -hmm. There's a very clear demographic for the most part of the types of people I'm speaking to. And then I also, as well as that, I've got the business I actually work for. And it's quite interesting because even though every person that's like more senior than me in the business is a white male um our business very much prides itself on on meritocracy mm -hmm. and i think they are quite good at actually following through with that and there's the toxic side of it that comes with having everything being on monetary targets mm -hmm. and kpis and goals and you know it being quite high pressure but they will always value people that are the hardest workers and the best you know that the, the getting the best results mm -hmm. rather than what your background is i know one of my one of my directors loves to talk about the fact that he's from you know quite an impoverished background mm -hmm. and worked his way up and you know whether you've got a degree or not you know whether you went to the best school or the worst school i i like to think that we're actually quite good in that respect mm -hmm. they are open to speaking to anyone and giving anyone a shot as long as they've got the right attributes mm -hmm. So I've got to give them a bit of credit on that one. I don't know if you agree, Mia. I mean, I'm a transgender brown woman, so yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we are literally the ethnic the ethnic minority. In it's, our it's only, me and Stacey are the only ethnic folk there. But um, literally, <laughs> but we are a small business, you know, and you can't. There's there's levels to what you can have. And but one thing that I love is my director said to me, "I don't give a shit." that you're trans like that's not a, that's not a factor that I take in I take it into the sense that you know you can showcase resilience he's like they, well they were like you've been through hell but you're still standing here and you're still like bossing it like 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 you are so you know what that's an amazing attribute that you have and that is correlated to the fight that you fought but at the same time you're hella good at your job and you prove that in your because I had a group interview I had a whole like mm -hmm. six eight people in on this session and I was mm -hmm. chosen at the end of it but it was amazing and even <laughs> even down to like policy to protect LGBTQ plus gender non-conforming people they weren't like Mia help us how do we create this 
our now HR manager went away, did the research, came back mm -hmm. to me, sent it to me for approval. And I said, oh, this is great. This is amazing. And I didn't even have to tweak it because it was spot on everything that we needed. And it's amazing. And across the team, we had diversity training. And, you know, I implemented um, gender diverse and like transgender gender training. Do you know what I mean? And it's amazing to have that. But we're able to have that because we're a smaller business. And, mm -hmm. you know, that sense of, we don't have to rely on it, but there is, there, sometimes they can get the sense of like a bit of a boys club because it is a bit like, it's not laddie, but sometimes there's a too, bit too much football talk and we have our own like group chat for just the girls. And like, I made a conscious effort today when our work group chat was going off about football that I messaged the girls on like, hey, it's lockdown. What are we watching guys? Like, What's going on here? <laughs> like what? But I think, I um, yeah. As a whole, mm -hmm. our company yeah, is actually mean. really good. And, you know, mm -hmm. we, um, I feel like no matter what you look like or where you're from, it doesn't really matter. Um, they will just look at your competency and they will put mm -hmm. you through it. They will, they get to the bottom of if you're good at what you can do. And if you're good, you're good. They don't care if the color of your skin. They don't care your religion. They don't care about anything. Maybe mm -hmm. football team might come into play, but, you know, that's a whole different sketch. <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah i was just having a listen to everything everyone was saying because it's so interesting and i think everyone put it in words better than i could find um but just going back to the point uh, it is really good to work uh, or have a workplace that encourages meritocracy but sometimes i think if you are severely underrepresenting a, a certain minority group even if you're not 100 percent sure if that person can work as well as the other colleagues i think there is there is something useful about employing a diverse work uh, force anyway. Um, mm. So I'm just sort of thinking back to, because we also had DNI sessions in my last uh, company as well, and I attended one of those. And when we were talking about different minority groups, I think one I thought that was severely neglected was um, people who have uh, disabilities, visible or otherwise. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm. And I sort of brought this up. I was like, I don't think we do enough. And they kind of had they turned around and sort of said well what makes you say that we haven't done enough or that we're uninviting and I just said because you there's you've done nothing to promote anyone with any type of disability to apply to a job role you've not advertised something as saying actually yeah. you can perhaps work partial hours or we can accommodate for certain things like if you're not able to use certain technologies or if you don't have access to certain things we can accommodate for that job role um with disability in particular I feel like there are certain jobs that are individual with a disability can't do because of their disability itself and other times there are certain jobs an individual with a disability cannot do not because of the disability themselves it's because companies will not accommodate themselves to work with the disability so I was just wanted to add mm -hmm. that on I think because I was thinking about that a lot that's an, that's an amazingly important point you've made um yeah and I will add in as much as as much as I do rape the meritocracy in, in our particular situation mm -hmm. I don't have anyone to look up to to represent mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. like <laughs> I'm I'm a senior in the business um there's there's three of us that are seniors and like I say the, the people more senior than me in the business are all older white men yeah and the industry I work in is predominantly older white men so yeah that's the one thing I will say there is it's hard to sometimes envision yourself in that really senior capacity when you're not seeing people do it before you mm -hmm. what is you know what I'd say, it's you know part what I'd say motivation that, but part 
You're going to say, be that person. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, be what you can't see. In the words of no, the you can't be what you can't see, Amira. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why I not? It. it goes both ways. It goes always, let's be honest. Um, yeah. yeah, be be it. Do it. What's a meritocracy? I don't understand, guys. I think meritocracy... Uh, uh, do you know what? Actually, I spoke up, but I don't really have a good definition for it. Sorry. <laughs> it it's based on your merit. So any anything you get is based on your ability and your performance. Yeah. I remember in one of our training sessions, so on the graduate scheme, you get a lot of um, training workshops, which is like part of mm-hmm. the investment um, into user trainee. And I remember one of the trainers once said, the organisation you work in is not a meritocracy. And he was trying to teach us about like the politics of the workplace. And if you want to progress, it's not just about how hard you work. It's about... Um, it's also about how well you sell yourself and how well you um, oh. work with senior managers in a sort of informal way. Um, and it was sick. really interesting because it got such a strong reaction from very privileged trainees from that traditional background where they said, that's so wrong. Like, um, obviously, in this organization that we work in, everything is represented by how hard you work. Um, that's the only way. <laughs> denying it. I'm sitting there as literally the only brown person in that room from, you know, I mentioned before, working class background. And they're like, but it's so true. It's not just about how hard you work. It is about how well you know your seniors and how you're working around them. And it's so blatantly obvious for me because I've realised that I have to pick up those skills. I have to pick up all the social, like the culture of the situation. I have to pick up Mm -hmm. the politics of the room because I don't naturally fit into what's expected whereas oh those people yeah. that that is the the norm for them already you know and it mm-hmm. was it was so interesting seeing that difference in reaction to whether we're a meritocracy or not um and it's yeah. so true i yeah. know i know most i'm not very good at what i do but it also helps that i have a I have, the, I have the ability to make friends in all the right places and I'm very chummy, chummy, chummy with the right people. <laughs> I can schmooze my way up the ladder if I need to. Um, mm. And that's how, and I know for a fact, that's how I've become successful. Like I know I, that that's how I've gotten to the point where I am today. Not because I schmooze, but you know, I'm not afraid to have those conversations with people who are perhaps a bit too senior and I probably shouldn't be speaking to, etc. Like I know MDs, I know directors, I know all sorts of people. And I, I cultivate those relationships and I latch onto them because I know I'm going to need them. I yeah. really admire that. I really admire that yeah. level of relationship building. And mm-hmm. it's quite interesting because if we move away from like protected characteristics and you look at stuff like our personalities, I feel as mm-hmm. though I relate more to sort of being an introvert rather than an extrovert. And it's so mm-hmm. hard to be an introvert when you're a manager, mm-hmm. when you're and especially when you're expected to progress into senior positions where all these people are so charismatic and you know they're always doing um you know you've got all these meetings where you've got to meet loads of people and everything it's always quite difficult to maintain those energy levels and I've always admired people that are able to do some of that schmoozing and are able to sort of build those relationships Mm -hmm. really well and I think having that imposter syndrome where you're like okay maybe I don't fit in here that's always like held me Mm -hmm. back um and made it harder to build those relationships because you kind of think oh, I'm definitely not on that level where I can be talking to that senior person or, or, or I'll never be able to sort of fit into that social sort of um, relationship that those two senior managers have. But I think a mm-hmm. huge, like a really important part of it is saying, 
nah, forget it, just go for it. And then, you know, send that email, have that conversation. It makes a massive difference, but it's so hard to do when you're not used to sort of really going out and talking and doing all that kind of stuff. When I first started my job, oh my God, the stress I would feel about picking up the phone to anyone with like a remotely senior title I would like I'd be sat there like frozen like I really don't want to do this I really don't want to do this how am I going to do this and the guy I used to work for would be like stop thinking about it just pick up the phone just pick up the phone and you know coming on to three years down the line like you learn that you know people don't know what you look like people don't know who you are at the end of the phone for the most part the amount of times I've met people um I've had like client meetings or met with candidates that I've spoken to on the phone and they are usually so shocked when they meet me in person. Firstly, the, the comment I usually get is, I didn't. I thought you were older than you are. I've been asked before, wait, how old are you actually? Because I apparently sound like I'm a lot older than I am. <laughs> um, I think I maybe have a bit of a phone voice. I will put that out there. You I, don't, I, don't, too. I don't know, Mia, do I <laughs> yes. have a phone voice? Okay, yep, I have a phone voice. But so do um, I. Everyone has a phone yeah, voice. People are usually, mm-hmm. usually quite surprised at... at you know who I am and I guess they, they don't have to look very far to find my LinkedIn for example but it's quite comforting having the you know the shield of a phone at the end of the day sometimes like you don't have to be looking your best or feeling your best to have a strong you know 10-15 minute conversation with someone in a senior position it's but you yeah. just have to get used to it that's the, that's the thing I'd say you just have to bite the bullet sometimes and just know that it's never quite as scary as you think mm-hmm. I, in my industry, uh, the, well, the agency I work in has a very much a campus vibe in terms of like, it feels like you're coming into uni from uni in terms of the fact that a lot of the socializing, a lot of the so-called schmoozing happens like at, um, after hours at the bar or, um, you know, at the pub. Yeah, exactly. Like the socials that you get invited to the, if you're a planner, the, fucking endless meals that you go to um but there's a lot of opportunities for socializing and really it it cultivates an environment of people that are are from very specific Mm -hmm. backgrounds and from very specific cultures and you can see it quite visibly that if you you know weren't into drinking if you weren't into partying if you were a little bit older so you had parents say parents say had kids um (laughs) anything that put you outside of that young like able to stay up late able to have like you know a freaking bender whatever if you weren't in that group Mm -hmm. you weren't involved like you weren't included you weren't able to like step up and like get into those circles I'd get really freaking frustrated like and I really (laughs) so ironic I used to get really frustrated at um certain colleagues uh, not no one like really close to me but like colleagues I'd see in a distance and I'd be like oh my god like they know everyone like they just go out and smoke and they you know but now all these senior people talk to them like they're their kids like how do you do that and you know it it creates security for them and let's oh, I guess guess what color these people are like they fit the you know demographic of the people that are already mm-hmm. senior it's just like oh like the like help like and how are you meant to infiltrate that and I feel bad for like everyone who's like not a white you know privileged 
young person because now we're in working from home situations it's just a shit show it's like there's no there's no mobility there's no socializing there's no visibility so if you're not those people that got a name for themselves early on you're kind of fucked at this point and I definitely feel that erasure like deeply now um but yeah I, I just hate I hate that feeling of when Ma- Myra when you said um it's not a meritocracy you have to like schmooze mm-hmm. and stuff to get your way I just feel sick I feel sick at that yeah. like uh just why does it have to be Agreed, this way yeah. like I I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't know if you guys grew up with like parents that didn't do any jobs, anything like this. No, nope. but we, yeah, we didn't. Mm-mm. We didn't grow up like seeing that. Like I didn't. My parents have no idea how to schmooze. They never mm-hmm. brought me to like social events. That I don't know. It just is so unlike anything. So it just riles me up. Man. Me I, I, I hate it. it. I hate it. It's a sad but very real part of the workplace. Really? So. I feel it much less in my actual work environment, mm-hmm. but when I'm in front of clients and candidates, yep. that's when it has to come out. And it do- it's not one that comes to me naturally. Whenever we've had networking events, they're really not my favorite thing to do. I hate trying to like work the mm-hmm. room, but you do kind of get used to putting on a bit of a persona, but everyone's doing the same thing. That's what you've got to realize. Everyone's putting on their like best face for these yeah. types of meetings. And it is a sad, but very true reality mm-hmm. of the corporate world and you know the working mm-hmm. environment it's it's unfortunate but it's there yeah. and it's probably not going anywhere. I was gonna say see I love networking events but I'm teetotal so I always feel like I stand out like a sore thumb it's not because I'm not comfortable in my own skin but I feel like when people realize I'm not drinking they feel awkward about it almost as if I, I'm not having fun even though I'm having a great time usually <laughs> uh, but yeah I definitely feel that what Poonam said earlier yeah. about if you do engage with certain social activities um it can make it is a barrier basically to be to be seen as an equal to another colleague mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, oh man so if you when you go, go to mm-hmm. like an event and people are drinking and do they ever say anything that like is like why would you like does do they ever say anything that makes you uncomfortable like are you just like having to reassure yeah. them or like what I even happens they're trying to be nice from their side in terms of oh are you comfortable and I'm 100% comfortable but I feel like they become more conscious and because I don't engage with one activity I think yeah. they assume I'm very conservative or have very traditional views on other things even though I, I'm so chilled out with anything um but yeah there's assumptions I mm. think sometimes that people make just because I don't engage with one particular uh thing um I feel that sometimes but to be honest people are lovely and really accepting overall so it's not a big issue but um sometimes I do get that vibe off people uh, where they're starting to calculate and make judgments about yeah. how I must think or feel about certain things yeah like suddenly builds a wider picture mm-hmm. that doesn't even exist in reality I must admit the one Damn. thing I'm gonna throw in about schmoozing and that kind of thing that the one thing I really hate is how e how much easier it can be if you support a football team passionately <laughs> in the industry i work in apparently if you've got a football team you can talk to anyone literally they, anyone one minute you call it <laughs> literally next minute you're calling the mate pal buddy <laughs> or how was the game on sunday i don't have that i can't do that 
I can't call people <laughs> mate. Apparently, if you're a woman, it's just not the done thing. You can't call someone wow. mate. <laughs> just gonna air you my call grievance them mate. Deserve. You call them mate, Stacey. You know what? Fuck that. Um, you call I don't want to lose my. Call. I don't want to lose my clients anytime soon. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, maybe. <laughs> I, I want you to challenge awkward. it. <laughs> uh, I really miss. I just that just made me think of like talking to people in person. I really miss that. So, shout out speaking to someone without a mask on i really miss that um okay thank you everyone for that little segment um i want to move i you know what i am i'm gonna move i'm gonna i mean does anyone have any more for any more for diversity and representation i mean we could talk about this all day i think yeah that's what i thought okay uh um so i wanted to ask like are you meant to uh so sometimes i hear this phrase um live to work or live love our jobs our day-to-day nine-to-five jobs should that be the goal it's hard you know in the society in the capitalist society that we live in it's not just a matter of oh it's a coincidence that i i i just happen to love my job and earn enough money to sustain the lifestyle that I have but if I was if I was to really do something that I loved and if that was you know working with animals or like you know um working for a charity you know I would love to work for a charity whether they're marketing or relationship development or whatever I would that's something I would love to do but I know that isn't necessarily viable especially at this moment in time or in general because financially it doesn't make sense like if I had like you know if I had a a successful like rich partner who was like you know earning the coin and it didn't really matter how much I earned it would be a different story that's why you find a lot of um privileged people will say that phrase like oh you're gonna Mm -hmm. love what you do because they can afford to do that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm yeah and like um I'm I'm very much a person of it's it you can stress yourself out for trying to have like full utter happiness in life we all deserve happiness but I will settle for being content you know yeah um like I will I would gladly I, I'd rather come home and feel content with my life mm-hmm. yeah. and content with the work and the job that I've done than have either way of you know overjoying happiness and or like you know um just dismay of like fucking hate my job you know yeah. and I've been in those positions where I fucking hate my job and now I'm lucky that I come home and I'm like fucking love my job love my workplace love my colleagues living life and it's it's nice to have that but I know that's not not everyone has that luxury yeah yeah I understand what you mean I think um a lot of people would say it's a lot to ask to like completely love what you do um do any of you guys think like you know sh- you should you know your job should be what you love your your day-to-day day no, job not not really like I think it's better if you are generally more positive than negative about mm-hmm. it but I think I learned a while ago that a job isn't your life it's there to provide a means mm-hmm. and you want to obviously not hate it 
but you don't have to love every day, every minute of what you do. Because if you set that as your expectation, you'll very quickly become a job hopper that just moves between roles Mm -hmm. and never sticks with anything for any amount of time. The reality is that jobs are not always easy, for the most part are not easy. And they're there to provide a living for you to live your life. You really don't have to love every minute of every minute of it because work is not your life. And I will say, I like that. I, yeah, I will say, you know, it's the bourgeois saying that shit because you know they know <laughs> the proletariat can't afford to do that. Who, who, who is going to be like, yes. I love working as a picker for Amazon. You know, it's 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 mm-hmm. it's an, it's my dream come to. You know, it, it may be fulfilling. You know, it may be something a sense of like fulfillment because you've done a hard day's work and like you know you know that you know I'm earning enough to you know have a decent living. You know, but that's not utter happiness. That's not utter joy. You're not loving what you do. You're content with what you do because it can fund a lifestyle that you're happy with. Two different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I get what you mean. Iffy and I. Yeah, I think, to be honest, guys, I think I found the perfect balance. I have a job which brings me enough challenges, but I've also made sure I've kept enough space in my life just to do things that I'm passionate about. And I'm really happy with that. I don't need to be paid for things I'm passionate about. And I'm not going to yeah, compromise I, I'm it. The same. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Damn, I, Iffy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have a good work-life balance at all. No. Um, I guess I have a terrible <laughs> work-life balance, actually, where it's mostly work, work, work. And I think it's taken me literally a year to realise that it, it shouldn't be that way. I think yeah. the reason why is because when I started this job, um, I really loved sort of um, what it offers and what it allows me to do. But I think when you – I absolutely accept that sometimes people take jobs literally just for jobs, like, um, for financial security, and I think that's a fair enough reason. I think you've got to look for more than that just to keep your motivation levels. But when I first got into the job, I was thinking, okay, yeah, I need the security, I need the, the stability. That, that's what's most important to me. Um, and I've been lucky that I've ended up liking the job in general, but I think I keep thinking about sort of, like, the future – okay, I want to progress in this graduate scheme and get a stable job. I want to get into a senior position. So I end up sort of overcompensating right now and doing extra work and trying to make the most out of every opportunity that's there. Mm-hmm. And the bad part about that is that even though, yes, I've progressed so much and learned so much, I've hardly spoken to friends and I've hardly hung out with family and you're missing a lot of that social interaction. And I think about during October time, mid-October, I think I hit burnout. this pandemic hasn't helped either I definitely hit burnout where I just lost absolute motivation even though I was in a job that I actually really love um Mm -hmm. and I all I did was just take a week off and literally do nothing so I slept for like two days and then went out and went to a pumpkin farm I saw Stacey um we babysit her like you babysat her niece for a bit doing stuff completely separate to work it absolutely brought that balance back and it's like okay I've definitely got to moderate how much you know investment I'm going to put into this work because it's not just about work I'm not living to work I want to sort of work to live instead um so yeah it's absolutely been a huge learning curve this past year where I've realized that definitely need to change that and learn from you guys instead and bring more balance into it I'd say I've like I I had to learn the hard way I was at the brink of like breakdown I'd like Mm. burnt myself into the ground because I was doing stupid hours 
I was not sleeping properly because I'd wake up in the middle of the night thinking about like a candidate pulling out of an interview. I don't know, something stupid like that. This still happens occasionally, mm-hmm. but not that much. But there was a point where I was at like rock bottom. I was like, I'm not getting anywhere. Like I'm not making any money. I'm not making the business money. I feel constant pressure. And it was horrible. And I realized coming through the other end of that, that my job is not my entire life. And the more I was doing things outside of work and making time for myself and enjoying time out of work, even if it's just time doing nothing, like you need, you really need that balance there. And you find that over time it helps you actually feel more comfortable and a bit happier in what you are doing because you have the separation. You are able to, to flip that switch and I think particularly in lockdown it can be really hard for people to switch off because you're in the same environment all the time Uh, like I'm on the laptop right now that I've been working on like I had an email come through while while we've been on this podcast it it can be really hard throw it away throw it away I, I didn't read it, I must admit. Um, apologies to my boss. I'm crying. But, um, Not going to lie, I've responded to like two or yeah. three work emails while I've been on the podcast. <laughs> Girl! It's, it's, it's hard to switch off sometimes, but up. I've had to be really militant with myself and be like, it, once you've done what you need to do, switch it off because it's not healthy. But yeah, I had to learn the hard way. Same, yeah. And I think what we don't realise is that when we're working in like during out of hours or when we're supposed to be on leave or something, we're also putting extra workload on other people in the team, which gives them less time to sort of chill and take that time out because then they're thinking, oh, this person's doing it. I've got to do it as well. So it definitely impacts on the culture and you never really realise it. Yeah, just adding to it, you're kind of distorting your employer's vision on how much people can work as well. Oh, so yeah. if you're putting so in like, hours in the evenings yes. and holidays, they can have, they can think, okay, I only need four people for this position. Whereas if you guys refuse to do that, they would understand yeah. they need to recruit more. So just try to like work less, guys. Work efficiently, work effectively, work hard, but don't overdo work it. Smart, not hard. <laughs> Cut corners. <laughs> yes. I like that. I like that. that. I like that. If he's such a such a good point like why how can you justify more pay and like what you know getting more resources if you're doing all the hours they're not even paying you to do like what the fuck um so the issue is demanding more pay because you're doing so much isn't the answer because then you're just getting paid to do more and you're just always doing more yeah yeah you're always going to be doing those extra hours because that's what you were doing on that lower honestly if i could just everyone I work with just do less it also makes us all look bad which I anyway anyway um I also want to say like uh sorry I know we're dragging on but am I too idealistic to want to find my icky guy I don't know if I said that right so icky guy icky guy um it's the reason for being a purpose your life's purpose and it's a mix of uh, passion profession mission vocations so like what you're paid for what you're good at what you need or what the world needs and what you love and I actually would love to find that as my thing uh, in like the far distant in 20 30 years I'd like to have found that do you think I I just want to put that out there that you know that's a goal for me like I don't particularly want to be like super super like in love with my job but I want to I want it to bring me peace I want it to bring me some kind of like reason for being but I'm always searching for that and I'm only 23 so yeah that's my I goal at the moment. I don't think that's a yeah I was gonna say I don't think it's a bad mindset to have but 
if you equate purpose to something you would get out of your job, I think you might be setting yourself up for a bit of a fall. That's possibly what I'm doing. At Same the moment, now. But, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so many years and years and years to work. Your job on it. is not your and life. Sure... Don't don't I equate know, it to I purpose. Know. I know, but surely it will contribute yeah. to that purpose like something doing something that contributes to oh, that contribute thing definitely but don't not being the sole thing too much weight on it what are you gonna do yeah, like you wake up yeah. one morning and like the the fucking economy has crashed overnight because of trump or something and then next thing you know you lose your job because the company <laughs> goes into bankruptcy and then that whole chunk of purpose is gone and you're just aimlessly drifting and end up being a crack addict living under a bridge Wow, thank you, Mia. It's, it's okay. a really good point because, from my perspective, I do link my job to my sense of purpose. Like, for me, it's always okay, what can I do to benefit vulnerable people in society? Initially, it was, you know, become a lawyer, whatever, help them out that way. And now, within my job, with the sort of specialties that I support, one of them is sexual health, for example. You see plenty of vulnerable people. You're talking substance misusers, sex workers, mm-hmm. people that are HIV positive, things like that. And I think because I feel like I can do so much good within my role, that makes me feel like I have a sense of purpose. But then when you think about it, when I leave that job at five o'clock and I come back at home, you still want to feel like you're sort of valuable in the same way. You just, yeah. And I think Mia's absolutely your right. Your sense of purpose, from what it sounds like, your sense of purpose is not the job itself. It's that wider yeah. thing of helping vulnerable yeah. people. So I think yeah. having that more is feeling like purpose. I don't know, it sounds a bit healthier yeah. than it being the actual job yeah. you're like doing. you have an umbrella and your job just facilitates yeah, the it. job is just like your tool of achieving your ambition yeah. yeah i guess my problem is just sort of making sure that i still have that clear sense of identity because i keep thinking well i'm achieving that as amira the service manager but can i achieve it as just amira um and i think that's a good boundary that you've oh. got to set for yourself but i haven't set that yet that is a goal for the yeah. future but I think that's probably the key thing that, yes, you can achieve it through your job, but make sure your sense of identity is still solid, even when you're not in the workplace. A hundred percent. Just that. for you, Poonam, I was going to say as well, like, from the sounds of it, you're not a hundred percent in love with your job at the minute. And that's OK. You don't have to be. But try and before you decide to make a move, just try and use every single resource just to learn everything you want to learn. So whilst you're at a company or a position which you don't like, just try and utilize yeah. everything you can in terms of learning. And when you do fall into a job that you do love, first thing you should ask for is a mentor, someone perhaps who looks like you or thinks like you and can help you out and support you. And maybe that will be your purpose. But, you know, in a in a job that you don't like, take all the skills you can. In a job that you love, take mentorship on how to move on to the next step and you, you'll be fine. 100%. Use and abuse these motherfuckers. <laughs> Um, if someone listens from work, I'm so sorry, but I mean, these are straight facts. Thank Anybody you so who's much listening if, uh, from like, work also right, use you know, and abuse uh, these fuckers. <laughs> I give the same advice. To yeah, you. yeah, literally. Let's talk salary, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, oh my God. Uh, okay, right. I'm going to quickly move on to the last, the mm-hmm. very last thing because we are running out of time. Um, Thank you so much, guys. This has been so useful. Are, you, are we um, just like dictating what, you... what you do? <laughs> 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 guys, I've written so 
I am writing extensive notes and I, I'm pretty sure anyone who listens to this is going to take something useful from this because like, wow, you guys got gems. Um, if you were talking to your 35 year old self, what would you hope they will have like achieved or or pick like a skill they would have picked up? Like, what do you hope for yourself in 10 years time as a professional working person? That's so broad. <laughs> Ooh, I like this. I I just want to invoke. I just want to evoke change, like invoke change for the LGBTQ plus. Like my community, it means the world to me. Um, and so I just want to make the world a better place for. I know it sounds really like narrow minded, but like I just want to do everything possible from, <laughs> within my power to make people who look like me not only just in the color mm-hmm. of my skin, but also people who are not like non-gender conforming do you know what I mean like I associate more mm-hmm. with non-binary than binary sex or gender and I'm just like mm-hmm. I want to be able to look at my 35 year old self and be like yes you boss bitch you have done something or you work for a charity or have you do something that is helping your community in such a profound way that doesn't necessarily need to be my job though do you know what I mean like I could be the director mm-hmm. of marketing for the my current company and be states and be stateside you know that's absolutely fine but I want to know that something like my job is facilitating something that I care about mm-hmm. or is my job because boss movements hey <laughs> we love it we love it who else? I hate questions like these because I deliberately <laughs> try not to think too far ahead in the future. Like, I hate like, where do you want to be in a year's time? Where do you want to be five years time? Like after everything, <laughs> after everything I've been through, I I very I made a very conscious effort to stop trying to expect things or like predict things. Yeah. Um. I I focused a lot more on like the short term. Um. But if I had to pick something, it would just be to be be in a position where I'm able to fund the lifestyle I want. And that doesn't necessarily have to be directly monetary, but I guess to an extent will be, you know, Mm -hmm. comfort in the modern age. You know, a lot of it comes from (laughs) having enough money to be comfortable. You're Um, just going to buy loads of shoes, ain't you? (laughs) (laughs) She's going to live in a shoe. Shoes and cars. Lady that lives Um, in a shoe. (laughs) A shoe that drives. Wow. Okay. It's a roller In a job that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. In it. In a job that's Sorry. not like completely soul destroying. That I'm like happy in and feel like I'm, you know, doing something and like being respected for what I do and yeah, having a comfortable lifestyle. That I oh my like. god, come work with me and the gays. I love it. <laughs> we love it. Go. Spread your wings. Skate over there, Steve. I do actually really want um, to learn to roller skate on that point. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> she has roller skates on my days. Um, okay, right. Ify, Amira, what, what were you guys thinking? Mine is actually... I wish I had a... Why did you say both? Why did I say both? I know, I don't know. Okay, yeah. Amira, um, go, go. I don't know if my answer is going to be quite unexpected, um, but I think by the time I was 35, it's you know, important to have that work-life balance. And what I mean by that is that I want to have a sort of solid sort of, um, uh, what's the word? I was going to say family structure. That's not a thing, is it? How do I say this? I guess for me, 
family yeah, unit. It's really important for me to have like a solid family unit um, and to sort of have that sort of stable home life. And I think having financial stability is huge as well. Um, and then I do want to be in a position where I'm senior in the sense where you won't see a lot of people uh, with similar characteristics to me there. But knowing that I've achieved it by the age of 35, I think would be very sort of, um, I think would be very fulfilling, I'd say. But it's quite interesting. I've always said that I want to spend like a decade or two in the NHS and I want to go off somewhere random and just open up my own cafe and do something really small. Um, Oh. So I know that I'm going to stay in this job for a while, but I think long term goal is to have like a small business and have that sort of complete control of your own area and do something completely separate from like the pressures that we have in the hospital. I want something that's really chill. Like, OK, what kind of new tea can we bring out into the into the <laughs> cafe today? I want that to be like my biggest worry. But um, yeah. You're going to have to let really me know where the cafe is so I can make sure I'm nearby because I've been it. like, girl, I found this good imported tea. You know what? I'll just come work for you. I'll be like, yeah, I'm my marketing I'm manager. Fulfilled. Brilliant. Done. Sorted. Oh I was going to go for the, the, the tea smellier and just be like, I taste the teas. She's a tea okay, connoisseur yeah, you now. <laughs> you can do it. You're high. See, this schmoozing work. See, she just smoothed me. And I said, yeah, sure. You have the job. Wow. Oh, <laughs> right <laughs> before our eyes. I didn't even see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> wow. but yeah oh, nice. I don't know if that's um, the answer you're yeah, expecting that's you know. really great yeah <laughs> yeah that uh, oh, was good good um yeah I think it's just me left I think at the minute and Poonam actually yes um yeah so thinking so again Poonam I'm gonna be I'm gonna say what Stacey say and say I really don't like these questions because <laughs> I don't have something yeah. I don't have something useful to contribute um but I think at that age, at 35, I think I, I will be managing my own team. And I think I'd like to introduce a culture into a workplace where even if you're not absolutely, you know, your job's not the love of your life, you feel really comfortable coming in. You feel really fulfilled. And, you know, I can manage people in such a way that they feel really motivated by coming into work. They feel really comfortable talking to seniors. To, you know, uh, there's a bit more of an egalitarian approach to how we do things. I'd really like to introduce that kind of culture. Um, my workplace is very much like that at the minute, but typically a lot of corporate finance accounting places aren't. It's very much um, you have your seniors, everyone else is just below. Um, and I really wouldn't want that culture wherever I end up. Um, I'd, I'd really want to introduce something a bit more, a bit more, a bit more modern, I'd wow. say. Um, but I don't have any goals outside that at the minute. I'm just going to kind of go with the flow. I like it. I mean, 10 years, that's a long time to... 11 know. years. 11 years, yeah, 11 years even. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine 11 years ago, we were bloody in diapers. So, you know... I really hope we were. I mean, <laughs> I, maybe Fun someone fact, was in diapers. Two years ago, I was in diapers. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. The very good answers. I was just writing down uh, as if he was talking. Actually, just I as she said the words, I don't really like these questions. I was like, actually, do I like these questions? Um, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have an answer in mind. I I wrote down like, I just want to be in ten years' time. I'd like to have created something that or contributed to something that improves society in a bit more of a socially conscious way uh more like a community minded 
so vague. I just I mean, I'd like to contribute in ten to, years. You'll probably to, just like, move community. to a commune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna join the Bruderhof, but um, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna do the full swing. We're gonna we're gonna go full cult. You're gonna have uh, a little no, headscarf and those ugly no. skirts. No. <laughs> I do wear headscarves now, though. They're so comfortable. Like, I just wear a little handkerchief and, like, tie it around. My... Anyway, um, yeah, it's very cute. I Yeah, I just, like, I'd like to contribute something to society. And I don't think I care too much about money in the sense that it needs to be something that sustains me. But, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to make an app that helps socialism go forward and prosper and bring down capitalism or something mm-hmm. uh, anyway yeah you can tell this question was really well like my answer is so um, completely different yeah because so... everyone's like social change and i'm like i want to be a wife and a mom and have a really nice mom like, <laughs> I, want shoes and cars. I look like the worst person Girl. yeah <laughs> Stacey was like i want money so i already know yeah. i'm gonna have the the ring and the children <laughs> it's um, on its way <laughs> the ring's on its way we're fine um and i know i'm gonna adopt some toddlers like some seven or eight year olds or something and i'll be like what up it is let's go shopping you know what i just thought i'd really like an allotment <laughs> i'd like a job that supports my ability to have like food growing out of the soil buy a house with great. a garden um <laughs> Girl, I don't look. I just don't want to look. I don't. I just I'm, don't I'm, buy a house. Fine. Fine. Okay. <laughs> right, honestly, come live in Shirley. There's two like within five minutes of my house. Mm, I don't want to live in Shirley. Though. <laughs> well, if you want an allotment, uh, mm, <laughs> to be fair, mm, okay. Daisy, I'm just gonna come and grow things in your garden because <laughs> your garden has enough space. What things are you growing? I'm a growth. I'm growing absolutely nothing, but I live opposite an allotment. I love that allotment. Like on the way to Stacey's house, you get off the bus stop, you take a nice scenic walk through the allotment, <laughs> and then you reach Stacey's house. I love it. <laughs> I don't like the fact that people can walk through the allotment. That stresses me out. What if someone steals my cabbages? People used to drug deal in there and like we got we got them caught because we can see straight into oh, the allotments from our house. Um, but that doesn't happen anymore Jesus. from what I'm aware. It's because you snitched. You're Karen. Well, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't me directly. <laughs> I was like the government 13. needs to grow up and legalize weed. Now. I, I agree. Think it's been too long. Okay. That's enough. That's oh, a separate yes, conversation. I think yeah, the government shit. really needs to grow okay. up. Marijuana does less damage <laughs> you, than you alcohol. Need to make it happen. Come on, happen. Honestly, <laughs> if you got to make it I'm happen, trying, you know, let's make route. a petition. <laughs> I'll, I'll love know about politics. <laughs> Polit- politician. What did I just say? Okay, carry on. Um, Okay, well, that was my last question, and I'm not going to drag us on for any much longer. Just want to say massive thanks, actually. Um, Amara, Ify, that was incredible. I just love everything you had to say, and I'm so glad that you guys were able to take your time on this because, my God, like, it's just, yeah, it was refreshing to have your brains um, opened up to the airwaves like this. Um, thank you, Stace and Mia, for coming to the Poonam talk talk show it's called late nights with puna <laughs> i just imagined myself as james corden which is kind of you imagine yourself ideal, as a heavy set you know, white I, man i couldn't see it so i had to just be it that's, that's what happened there 
um yeah and thank you everyone who has listened i hope this is like i don't know i hope you've related i hope you've taken something from this if you agree disagree thoughts feedback let us know like we would love to know this is a massive topic and we could go on forever and ever about this there's just too much to unpack Mm -hmm. but um yeah thank you for listening and tune in to the next episode bye everybody take care everyone Bye. bye bye